0: Let's go to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. We're talking with the great Terry Francona. I know everybody poo-poos baseball fights. They're like, hey, you go out there and everybody's just talking and shoving. But when you get out there, man, those guys are big, they they get after it. And when they get after it, man, look out. It makes you a little nervous. Robin Ventura still won't talk about Nolan Ryan. Too. To this day, he wants nothing with that conversation. Listen to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa podcast. Brought to you by the good folks at Bet Rivers. And remember, for all of your wagering needs, it's the Bet Rivers app, new and improved. Uh, it's there for you as we. Head through these summer months, whether it's for golf or baseball, whatever you're uh, looking to wager on, and then obviously into the big football season, which is right now, really right around the corner. Before you know it, training camps will be open, and we'll be talking uh, football on a a regular basis in what should be a very, very interesting year, especially in New York with the addition of Aaron Rodgers. Today it's obviously uh, the NBA draft, all eyes on the NBA Uh, There'll be a lot of rumors about trades. There already have been. Uh, There was the uh, three-team trade yesterday that I'm not a big fan of. Uh, I I don't don't like the Celtics getting Porzingis. There's a reason why Porzingis keeps moving the teams, because he is a very hard guy to deal with, uh, and he is not very good for the culture of a team. He he really isn't. He's proved that time and again. Um, does he have ability? Yes, he does. But if they think that Porzingis, in the three-team trade with uh, Washington and Memphis, is going to start to replace Horford, who has to have his minutes scaled down, he will not do for the Celtics what Horford did. Horford is a guy who not only was a guy who could knock down threes, although in the playoffs this year he really slumped uh, from three, which has been a specialty of his, but he's a guy who could defend in multiple ways, including on a pick and roll, which is something Porzingis hates to do. So he is not going to be a replacement for Horford. Plus, I think Smart is a big loss for the Celtics, for what he brought to that team in a lot of different ways. So uh, the key guys, for Zingus to the Celtics, Tyus Jones to Washington, along with guys like Gallinero and Moscala and uh, Smart to Memphis, I, I don't like it from the Celtics standpoint. I know the Celtics wanted to retool the team in, in, in multiple ways, but I, I do not like this move. I really don't. I don't think it's a smart one, uh, and I think it's one that uh, will not prove fruitful Uh, In the long run, there were draft picks moving around too, but let's not get into all the the crazy details. These are the keys to the deal, and uh, it's not one from a Celtic standpoint that I like. The draft tonight obviously will be historic in the respect of having such a unique individual at the top of the draft. You have heard about Wemby for a while now you know that he is considered not only a generational player, but a revolutionary player. This is a a seven-and-a-half, seven-four-and-a-half player with an eight-foot wingspan who actually has basketball skills. So it's a unique situation. How quickly he develops for San Antonio in the NBA will be very interesting. You would think there's going to be a transition period for a guy of this size, but he is rather unique. So I'll be fascinated to see exactly what he brings from the start because he's not your normal seven foot four project in any way. He is a basketball player and we are starting to see basketball players well above seven feet who are different. So uh, we saw one last year who unfortunately got hurt. The bottom line is uh, Victor's going to be fascinating to watch in his development, which could, according to a lot of people, come quickly. And obviously he changes the face of San Antonio completely. The key to this draft tonight is going to be what Charlotte does it to, because it sounds like they can't make up their mind between taking Alabama's Brandon Miller, or taking the point guard, Scoot Henderson. You hear people who are reporting now that they'll take Henderson. There are people reporting that they'll take Miller, which means they don't know what they're going to do. There's even been talk of trades at this position. I doubt, I doubt Charlotte, with a chance to get this kind of talent, is going to leave the two. If they do, they just prove that they don't know what they're doing as a franchise. Because how you win is developing these kind of players that you can get at two. All right, the feeling is going to be, oh, I lost the draft because I didn't get Wemby. Listen, if they're smart enough to take Miller, now, I know of Miller, we all know and we chronicled Miller's off the field issues this year after that senseless tragedy that clearly destroyed the Alabama season. Alabama had, they were the one team that could have gone toe to toe with Connecticut, with the way Connecticut developed and as quickly as Connecticut developed late in the season with their size and their three-point shooting. Alabama had the people to do it. If they were focused and healthy, but they came apart at the seams after the tragedy. And when you have your star in it up to his ears, well, it didn't infect him. After it was announced, he went out in the South Carolina game, scored 40 points. and Everyone said, wow, this guy's not going to be affected by this. Well, he was affected dramatically in the tournament. He was not himself. He was awful. But this kid should be the number two pick. And as I've stated to you time and time again, this is the closest thing. And there have not been any things that even resemble Durant. This guy resembles Durant. I am not telling you right now he's going to be as good as Durant because Durant is one of the best players of all time. So at the height of his game, Durant is unique. But this guy has those qualities. He is going to be a star in this league unless he screws up his life, which, hey, is always a possibility with these kids. Look at uh, John Morant. But Miller should be the selection. I'm surprised he isn't a lock selection. And if they don't take him, I will shake my head. But, hey, I've seen teams screw up before. And there's always in a law to take the point guard, always. Because, you know, the guy with the ball obviously, you know, is in charge. This kid in Miller can be a special, special NBA player. If they pass him up, you will see nothing but smiles from Portland as they take Miller. Miller. And I doubt they will do anything but take them. And I think they will rejoice if they get them. But I don't know which guy is going second because you've heard multiple reports. they even brought both of them back for workouts. So they sound like they're a house divided. Hey, they are very poor at this, we know. We'll see what happens. You know, Everyone looks at the mock lists and they see the same names. They see, you know, Amen Thompson and uh Orson Thompson and 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 they see, you know, Whitmore and Black and all the guys, you know, Grady Dick and all the guys who were there. Um Whitmore's gonna be fascinating. He won't go probably above the first Thompson, but after that, after those guys, after Wemby, Miller, Henderson, and Thompson are off, then the question is, does Detroit at five take Cam Whitmore, or does he slide? Some people have had Cam Whitmore at five. Some people have had him as low as nine or ten. I watched Cam Whitmore play a lot last year at Villanova. He did not fit in. He was not happy there he was not utilized to his fullest extent in what they wanted to do. But when they, when, when you saw glimpses of when they allowed him to run the floor and attack the rim and a lot in his catch and shoot game and his insane jumping ability. This is a kid who has terrific physical gifts and, be an improved three-point shooter in the future and will attack the rim and really can attack the rim on a very, very high level. I think Whitmore has a chance to be a very, very good NBA player. I would take him on the high side. I think he, like I said, I think he didn't fit in at Villanova. I think he wasn't happy at Villanova. I think he wasn't happy the way he was utilized. He did not seem to take to the coaching well. Uh, the young coach pulled him in and out of the games a lot because he was frustrated by him. They seemed to have you know, a lack of chemistry on the team, and there didn't seem to be much connection between the coaching and, and, and Whitmore. He was counting the days so he could get out of there. Hey, sometimes guys don't fit in. That's just the way it works. He didn't fit in, but he is an enormous talent. Would I take him over Miller? Absolutely not. No, I would take Miller first because Miller is already a proven, silky, smooth shooter, scorer. Miller can walk into the NBA tomorrow and score twenty points a game. Absolutely, Locke scored twenty points a game without breaking a sweat. He's going to be an early star. It may take Whitmore a little time to find himself, but here, there is a lot there. A lot there. Derek Lively's an interesting guy. He is just just really tipping the surface of what he can do, okay? There always is a move on these points, and you're going to see a bunch of them. It's not a bad draft. There's some interesting players. I'll be interested to see where Hawkins goes. Hawkins is the best catch-and-shoot pure three-point guy, and that's what these teams look for. Those guys are incredibly valuable. So I expect Hawkins to go higher than people think because he is an absolute catch-and-shoot guy who could be really terrific in that role. He is a wonderful, wonderful shooter with big-time range. He comes in very, very adept from the three-point line. He has, he doesn't have to work his shot. His shot is there. He is a natural a guy who can just stroke it, and he will be one of the best three-point shooters in the league in the years to come. He will be an incredibly valuable player in the league from that standpoint. There's a lot of rumors about a lot of trades, That doesn't mean they happen. Um, I don't think Zion's going anywhere. I know there's all kinds of trade rumors. I don't want the Knicks to get him. I've already made that very clear. I don't think they are getting him. There have been talk of the Knicks talking to Phoenix about Aiton. I don't love Aiton. I, I I think Aiton's an okay player, and Phoenix clearly wants to get him out of there. But the bottom line is, uh, I you know, hey, would I love to see the Knicks be able to move Randall for somebody? Yes, I'd take a lot of different people to move Randall, but Aiton wouldn't be my first choice. There's just something missing with Aiton, and even with that Phoenix team, I mean, they were. There were brief times when he looked very good, and there were times where he was invisible. And I'm not one who's in love with the Beal deal. I really, I really don't. I don't love that. I don't think that makes them automatic. This idea they now have, you know, exactly what it takes with Durant, Booker, and Beal to, you know, dominate the league. I don't see it. I do not see it. So it's a pretty interesting draft. It's going to be very interesting in the top 10 because a lot of these guys can move around. You know, you're going to see Thompson and Thompson. You're going to see here Walker and Black and Lively and Dick and guys like that. Obviously, Whitmore could go anywhere from 5 to 10. But the first thing you want to see tonight is after Wemby and all the celebration about him going to San Antonio and they get through all the stuff about this new generational star, um, which is legitimate, so I don't think there's anything you know wrong with that. You're going to get a lot about him. Then, fascinating, see what happens at two with Charlotte because they seem a house divided with Miller and Henderson. And I say the strong pick is Miller. I'm not knocking Henderson. He will go third if Miller goes second. I'm not saying he won't. He's a legitimate point guard. But Miller should be the choice. I think Miller has a chance to be a special NBA player. Couple things on baseball. Number one, the Mets. The Mets right now, as they continue to uh falter and fall now farther and farther uh back, thirty four and forty. I'm not even mentioning divisions anymore. Uh, in the wild card, the Mets now have fallen seven games behind. And one, two, three, four, five teams are ahead of them in order to make the wild card, to get the last one. So the Mets continue to slide at 34 and 40 and have got to stop the bleeding as they get a day off before they go to Philly, they have got to stop depleting and turn this thing around. They can't go any deeper than they are right now. They can't fall 10 games under 500. They are now at six under 500, and they continue to show the characteristics of a bad team, and that is they do enough to lose. They lose 4-2. They lose 10-8. They score runs. They score runs a lot. Their pitching gives up more. Their starting pitching is extremely erratic. Their bullpen is not good. And yesterday is 10-8. Night before, it's 4-2. Tomorrow it'll be 2-1. The bottom line is they do just enough to lose. And that is exactly what has them spiraling out of control. Are they getting some production now from certain guys? Yes. good to see Alonzo get back on track. Lindor has hit a couple of home runs in recent games. Fam has been very good lately and has earned his time in the lineup. Even Volga you know, had some productive days in the last couple of days as he comes off his respite. But you know what? When your pitching completely collapses whenever you score any runs, that's why you find yourself where they are right now. And you know what? You can almost read, despite him talking about how he has faith in his team and, you know, they keep battling back and this team is going to be fine and blah, blah, all the things Buck says, you can sense it shows in Buck's face how frustrating this season is right now. He's got nothing, nothing in the pitching department right now. When his starting pitcher goes out there and gives him two innings and you're looking at a game where you have to go to all these guys in the bullpen, you're just it's – a, it's, a, it's, you know what, make a call – and pray. That's what it's come down to. They don't know who's going to give them what out of that bullpen. Other than Robertson who's been good this year. I know Vino's hot and cold. Can't pitch back to back days. You know, one day they get something good out of Leone, next day he gets he gets pounded. You just don't know where it's going to come from. They're going to keep having auditions in their bullpen. That's basically what's going on. But they're not getting it from the starting pitchers. And again, you hear the same thing over and over. If they don't get it from Scherzer and Verlander, they have no chance. There's nothing they can do. But it it is completely symbolic of a bad team. To lose the way they lose. Lose the close games, the low-scoring games, lose the high-scoring games. The Yankees, on the other hand, have uh, finally got back on a winning track after an awful weekend in Boston, winning against Seattle a couple of times, getting a good performance from Cole, and Holmes out of the pen that night, getting a five-out uh, save. Hey, I don't know why Holmes hadn't pitched in a week. I can't figure out how they use this bullpen. He's got ability to have that bullpen, but you know what? I don't understand. You know who's available when and why, and it doesn't make any sense to me. And his Holmes not pitch for a week, then he goes five outs. I mean, I, I just don't get it. It's it's bizarre. How, you know, I don't know what they what they're doing with that bullpen. They they have live arms out of that bullpen, but the bottom line is the way he uses it is. It's just bizarre. I talked the other day about what they've gotten from McKinney. I, I really like his bat. Listen, he's an extra player on a good team. He's a bench player. He's a extra outfielder, pinch hitter, D.H., guy you're going to you know, try to get him some at-bats when you're completely healthy and rolling, so what? He's on the bench for a week. But I like what he brings, left-handed power. I am so tired of the Yankees being right-handed that it's just nice to see them put a couple of guys up who can put the ball into the lower deck left-handed. Whether it's Bowers, I, and I like McKinney better. First of all, McKinney's a much better fielder. Bowers is a good fielder, but hey, he's he's produced some some pop. He's hit some home. He's hit six home runs. But right now, that's what they have to do. They have to get it from guys like that. They have to get it from McKinney. Get it from Bowers. Get it from Calhoun. Because they're not getting it from Rizzo. They're getting nothing out of Stanton. And they can keep telling me that their plan, as Cash gave you the other day, I got to get Donaldson on a full path. Is he kidding? When does he decide that he's going to pull the plug on Donaldson when he gets under 100? The guy's hitting 130. He is an automatic out. That is the biggest farce in the world. He's trying to justify his trade,
1: and then he tells you,
0: oh, I got to get him steady work. Steady work. I mean, Cash continues to sell you some real nonsense with this team. Steady work. When the guys carrying a team are guys who who normally win. I understand giving Volpe a chance to develop. And, you know, to his credit, he has hit 10 home runs. So you can live with the fact that his batting average and his on-base percentage are awful. I'll live with that. I don't have a problem with what they're doing with Volpe. Yes, he's batting 190. Yes, his on-base percentage is awful, and he doesn't walk anymore because they decided, why would we walk him? But you know what? He does hit the ball out of the ballpark. He's got eight doubles. He's got 10 home runs. He's got 28 RBIs. Yes, he has struck out 84 times. He's on a pace to strike out 200 times. And most of those 25 walks came very early in the season. And he's got a 260 on-base percentage, which is ridiculously bad. And the Yankees as a team are a joke. They used to live on on on-base percentage, the Yankees. That was their bread and butter was on-base percentage. They now can't find guys who have 30% on-base percentages. But the idea that you're going to false feed Donaldson until he starts hitting. He's two for his last 21. He's six for his last 45. Are we kidding or what? He is shot. If somebody would take him, they'd throw a party and they're going to false feed him and put him on a track where he plays every day to get him started. We saw a glimpse in spring training when he's hitting against guys who aren't even in the major leagues. That's what you're going to sell. I mean, come on. Talk about compounding your mistakes. You got too too much dead wood on this team. And too many right-handed hitters, which we've been screaming about for years. As you watch these kids reach the seats, which is what your team has got to be built for. That's why the Yankees, you know what? They'll make the playoffs. They should make the playoffs with the payroll they have. So should the Mets. I understand how bad the Mets are. That's not the point. Yankees will make the playoffs. They probably won't win the division because they haven't shown that they're in Tampa's class. But you know what? They'll make the playoffs, but they're not the Yankees. Not as we expect the Yankees to be. And Brian's got to stop playing his shell game with guys like Donaldson. Enjoy the draft. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider.